Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. We are so glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Stop it. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. My mic stand brought to you by Blue Chew. Uh, they don't pay us. <laughs> no, it, it is not brought to you yeah, by. Right, that's right. the it problem. Should, it needs to be. It, it needs some. Uh, we uh, well, generic uh, you enhancer. Know what? Hey, hey, that we don't. They don't pay us though, so we're not doing that. That's why I said generic enhancer. Generic. Yeah, needs something. Uh, one of our real sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Tomorrow is the day. We're going to get ice cream. It's going to happen. Got my gift card. Hold on. Still got it. Still, still there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go use that. That's why your microphone doesn't work good because you beat it with I that beat gift it. card every day. Normally, if you beat, you know, never mind. Never mind. Churn <laughs> uh, and spoon ice cream. Strange brew coffee. I'll house. beat you to strange brew. Uh, you will do that because every, I'm gonna, every, I'm every gonna go. And uh, yeah, I'll be on the other side. You spend your. You spend your money on well, one side, I'll spend mine on the it's other. It's possible we might see each other. Hey! Give each other the uh, the friendly wave there, because you'll be in the drive-thru, and you, yeah. can't, you can't drive up. It's turning spin. I wish I could. I wish I could. Just be like, hey, give me some ice cream, and never have to get out of the you know, comfort of the car. I guess the location would be an issue doing that, because yeah, you that's can really possible. only do it on one end. It's not possible, yeah. 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 Because yeah. if you could, million-dollar idea. I'm just... If you could figure it out. Double drive through somehow. We got to figure that out. I don't know how. I don't know how we do it. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll, what we'll you get... do is you just Shane, if you're listening, uh, he is just, listening. Just buy out McDonald's and just stretch it all the way across. Now we're talking. And we already have a McDonald's. We don't need two. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, just and and, and I'd rather close that McDonald's because the other one's on this side of town where I live. Me too. Perfect. <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> Million dollar idea. Million dollar idea. Uh, our good friends over at College Corner want you to know right now that you can still get free money from them. All you've got to do is go to collegecornerstore.com and buy a gift card. You're going to get 30% off the purchase. So $70, I'm sorry, a $100 gift card is only $70. And I, if you're just determined that you want to spend your full 100 you can send $15 to me, $15 to Brian, and give $70. You're doing that thing to, again. You're asking for stuff. I'm just suggesting. We don't. We don't need that. Okay. You spend that money on your on your family and your loved ones, unless unless Joel and we I may be are loved- your loved ones. So if our wives are listening, which I know for mine, it's not. Yeah, mine's not either. I could say whatever I want. Your cooking's terrible. She doesn't hear it. So, not that that's true. I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, College Corner, collegecornerstore.com, two locations in Jackson. They're in by Fleet Feet and Ridgeland. They're in uh, Flowood by the Half Shell. The best selection of MSU merchandise in Central Mississippi. Advantage Business Systems knows that right now is not the time to be doing things the wrong way with your business. Find out how to do things the right way. With 45 years of experience in this state, 
Find out what the answers are. Find out what solutions they have to offer you. Give them a call today and help your business get up and running at peak efficiency. 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. It is finally here. To time to talk about a team that did some business. They did do some business. There's no question about that. We've been talking about these deep dives for a while. We're going to do back-to-back weeks. We're going to do 99 next week, this week, the 1998 SEC West Champion Bulldogs. I'll go ahead and tell you, just from my recollection of the of the offseason, you know, you got to look at the way that se- the 97 season ended. Heartbreak. Easily the most painful Egg Bowl loss maybe in history. Uh, you know, a 7-4, and four th- this is how different – College football is then to now. And if you're a younger listener, this is something you, you can listen to. That team was 7-4. and four. They beat Auburn and Alabama uh, and South Carolina. They were, well, I guess they would have been what? Uh, am, I, am I looking at this right? Yeah, they were 4-4 four and four in the conference. In today's college football, they would have played one more non-conference game against an FCS team, and they would have been 8-4. and four. And eight, think about 2010. Mississippi State was 8-4 and four in the regular season and went to the Gator Bowl and finished ranked in the top 15. This team was 7-4 and four and didn't play in the postseason. Yep. Just didn't have the games in back then. And I, think, I think Matt Wyatt has told me there are 16 bowl games at this time. Now, how many are there now? 60-plus? Ah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. Gosh, are there sixty bowl games? That'd be one hundred and twenty bowl teams. I guess you're not. I guess maybe it's thirty plus. Maybe yeah, that, that sounds that sounds 40. more. Like I don't know. It. I mean, you got enough enough that five Pro- and seven probably between can... thirty and forty. Yeah. So, but just as a fan, I don't know that I had super high expectations of this team. You know, I, I just didn't. Um, you know, they were coming off that bad loss. I thought they'd be good. You can go maybe go maybe have a chance to go to a bowl game. But I would not have put money on them being the SEC West champions. Um, and the way the season starts, it's sort of interesting. You know, they, they beat the hell out of Vanderbilt. I remember this game very distinctly. I, like the rare, I want to say it was like a 4 o'clock kick. <laughs> just like, this is back when ESPN2 was just, I, this may be like the first year of When ESPN2 two. had like the cursive. The crazy font. graphics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that game was on there. Uh, Anthony Derricks picks off a pass on like the second or third play of the game and takes it in. Uh, State just dominated the football game from start to finish, and uh, and won forty two nothing. Just just total domination. They went to Memphis the next week, which was at that time the hottest football game I'd ever been to. It would be Trump two years later at Memphis again, <laughs> uh, and they won. It was a close game, fourteen to six. So they're two and zero, oh, and you're like, okay, they're pretty good. And Memphis is also home of one of the coldest games you've ever been to. The, I wasn't at the 91 I, Liberty Bowl. I was Bowl. talking about 2007. Oh, okay, that game that was game cold, That game was too. really cold. The Liberty Bowl has no middle ground. It is either like a boiling cauldron or it is the Arctic Circle. <laughs> you never go to the Liberty Bowl and like, man, it's nice today. <laughs> you know? Because I guess because I've never been to a game there in, sept- in October yeah, or mid-November. I'm always going the first week of the season or it's a bowl game. Yeah. And, man... When it's hot, it's hot, and when it's cold, it's cold at the Liberty Bowl. And then, in a rare thing for Mississippi State back in the day, you didn't see a lot of playing other Power 5 schools outside of the conference. You know, they played Baylor in 95, and they never got the return trip out of that. And it just wasn't done that much, but State makes the trip to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to play Oklahoma State. 
and they get handled. 42-23, not a good Oklahoma State team. They finish 5-6, and six, and that's when the, the big – uh, the first big move of the season happens. Jackie Sherrill decides to make the change, and he goes from Wayne Matt, I'm sorry, from Matt Wyatt to Wayne Mack. And uh, you know, Matt, Wyatt had been the quarterback the year before, had been a very good quarterback for Mississippi State. I, if you're listening, Matt, we love you. Uh, and but they decide to make the change. Just I, I think at that time, because it's not like you know, Mack obviously had a little bit more mobility than Matt did, but this wasn't like going from. Tyler Russell to Dak Prescott or something, you know, yeah. you weren't you weren't changing up the offense all that much. I think it was just more to, to get a spark uh, for Mississippi State, and it worked. The next week they go to South Carolina, and that's a bad South Carolina team. That was the, the start of the real fall off of South Carolina, uh, and they they win thirty eight nothing, but they completely handled them uh, in that game. So let's talk a little bit about what happened there. Uh, on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Let's move on into our first interview brought to you by our good friends at Welcome Home Beef. I was there earlier today. I told you I was craving a steak. That's going to happen on Saturday. I got a 24-ounce ribeye. It's all for me. They were like, hey, do you need a big ribeye or a little one? I said, well, it's just for me, so get me the big one. But that's not what I want to talk about. Can't wait to see the pictures. Oh, they'll be good. So I've been telling you in the past about Welcome Home Beef's burgers and how they're that blend of all their premium steak parts. They've gone a step further now. They're calling it their gourmet grind. They've got 300 pounds of it ready to be sold. It's all of those premium steak parts, but they've added some of their Wagyu trimmings into the beef. So now it's not even really a hamburger anymore. It's just like a steak patty. Yeah. So it's really incredible. Plus, what, what has to go on a hamburger? More than anything else, it's got to have what on it? Tell me, Joel. Cheese. Cheese. Yeah, you made. The, I was so nervous you were going to say ketchup or something. No, I was going to come across the table here. You got to have cheese. Well, guess what? Welcome Home Beef has a selection of gourmet cheeses available now. Colby Jack, smoked cheddar, smoked Gouda, uh, pepper jack—they've got it all up there. They really are becoming a one-stop shop for you. So you you can't have a burger without cheese on it. So now you get the the gourmet grind and you get the burger. You get the cheeseburger as well. It's all good. It's all taken care of for you right there at Welcome Home Beef. Why don't you stop by today or just give them a call at <laughs> scroll up, 662. I'll get it eventually. Change that number on you. I, why would you do that? We had such a good thing going. I would have changed my phone number and kept the work number the same. 662-268-8141 or just go to facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. And I'm telling you, put some of those burgers on the grill this weekend. You will be Happy that you did. Burgers, steaks, roasts, brisket, whatever it is from Welcome Home Beef, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. Let's talk a little bit about that quarterback change, about the 98 season. Our first interview tonight is with former Bulldog receiver and my from my hometown, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Down Kevin. around Vicksburg. That's right. I Kevin can't Prentice. I sing that with you again. It's, it's coming soon. Kevin Prentice joins us on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. All right, continuing our deep dive of the 1998 season here on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline is my friend Kevin Prentice from my hometown of Vicksburg, Mississippi, and, of course, uh, played for Mississippi State 97-98. Kevin, you know, coming into this season, coming out of 97 and into 98, did you have a feeling that that this could have been a special year for Mississippi State, you know, even in the preseason camps? Honestly, I did, and and I say I did because of the – the way we went through the, the spring and the, the the summer workouts, it just you know we became we became a, a closer team that year. So um, I felt it could be special. 
when you look at the way that the, the, the season started out, I mean, you know, you beat Vanderbilt and Memphis, and then you lo- go up to Oklahoma State and lose, and that's when they make the, the decision to, to change quarterbacks. They go from Matt Wyatt to Wayne Mack. And, you know, what was that change like? Because, you know, Wyatt had been the starting quarterback for the, the previous season. He was pretty entrenched, and, and Mackin's just a redshirt freshman. He didn't really know what you had with him. You know, how, how was that first day of practice where they said, okay, we're going to make a change? Um, I guess it was kind of a shock, you know, being that, like you said, Wayne was a, a redshirt freshman and really hadn't been on the field in, in that fire of the SEC. So it was a kind of it was a, a shock to to me personally, but <clears throat> we just had to do our best to support Wayne and uh, help him with the with the plays and you know help him with his own field uh, situation. So uh, it was a shock, but uh, you know he he came in and did and played really well. Yeah, I mean the next week at South Carolina, you go over there, you shut them out. I want to say you returned to kickoff for a touchdown in that game. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, see, I, my memory isn't all bad. You know, we're getting old, but we still remember some things. <laughs> but, you know, you, you look at those next, you know, three games, and, and really good games in terms of putting points on the board. You put 38 on South Carolina, 38 on Auburn. That was a game where I think there were a couple of special teams touchdowns and a, I want to say a pick six. You beat up on, yeah. on, a, on a, you know, uh, East Tennessee State, which was would be an FCS team, ST, FCS team now. And then I'm going to ask you, I talked to Tim Nelson, uh, you know, earlier. I'm going to ask you sort of the same question. You go down to LSU. That's not a good LSU team, and, and they just were able to really get the better of you. What happened going into that game? Um, honestly, don't know. I can't I can't say that we wasn't prepared. Um, like we were we were shocked the way the, the way the game went. Also, but I mean we took that that loss, and you know we had to keep pushing. Right, and then you know you, you, the next week again, you know you lose to Kentucky, and at this point in the season, you know you're five and three, and, and you're not, you can't be thinking. Maybe, maybe I say, let me change that. From a fan's perspective, on the outside, nobody's thinking, okay, this is going to end up being a special season because you know you're five and three, you got three tough games left, you know, just sort of see what happens. Something happened between leaving Kentucky and then playing Alabama the, the, the next week. What happened in that week of practice that sort of galvanized the team and, and, and made them be able to finish out so strong? Uh, just stuff coming together. We know what we, we set our goals uh, to be at the beginning of the season. Well, actually, that spring and throughout the summer, and we just had to buckle down and really get back focused and, and you know, try to attain our goal that we set. So it was a, a intense week of practice, I can remember it being, and, you know, it kind of showed out through the rest of the season. We'll sort of go through each one of these games here. The Alabama game, of course, is, is most notable because J.J. Johnson had such a huge day uh, running right. the football. You know, you think about Mississippi State and you think about Alabama and, you know, through what historically those two schools have been. What did it mean for you to just be able to go out there and, and you really handled Alabama on that day? Uh, it meant a lot. Like you say, Alabama said their history of, of playing football has been, you know, tops in the nation for a long time. So for us to go into Alabama and, and handle them like we did, it, it was a a big ego boost for us for the rest of the season. And you ride that momentum into the next week, uh, you know, against Arkansas. But, you know, adversity in that game because J.J. Johnson goes down early in that game. I guess I've always heard he got hurt in the Alabama game. 
and it just re-aggravated in the Arkansas game. If you want to tell me the truth on that, that's fine. But you know, when he when you realize, hey, he's not playing anymore in this game, you know, we all have to step up. Was that sort of the message from everybody there that it's going to take all of us to win this? That's exactly what the message was. Cause we had been riding JJ, you know, throughout the whole year, and I was just so because of the type of back that he was. And when he went down, you know, um, we just we just set our minds on everybody had to, you know, step up, the next man up. And um, Chris came in and did an excellent job. Chris yeah. Rainer, yeah. Uh, and Defenso Miller also. So uh, those guys stepped in and filled JJ shoes for you know for that game. And you know Wayne made plays. Uh, a lot of receivers made plays too. So it took yeah. a, a a team effort to to win that game. Yeah, you're talking talking about that last drive with Kelvin Love making the big catch, and then Kevin Cooper making the big yeah. catch. So yeah, just just big plays throughout the game. What where was your vantage point for Hazelwood's field goal? Did you think it was good immediately? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I didn't. But um, I'm glad today. And, and looking back at it, it did. You know, split. I mean, it didn't split the upright, but you know, it went <clears throat> inside the goalpost. So mm-hmm. that was that was big. That was big because that put us in in the position to to win the West. Right. Next week you go up to Ole Miss. What what I remember about this game as a fan was. The, before the game, the state fans are out in front of the stadium and the bus comes through and the, the fans beating on the bus and shaking the bus as y'all you know <laughs> trying to ride in. You know what was? It's always big to, to win the Egg Bowl. It's always big game, but with a championship right. on the line, you know what was Coach Cheryl's message to you guys before the game? Um, just to stay focused. You know, uh, with it being the Egg Bowl and Ole Miss being our rival. You know, that played a part, but the bigger picture was, you know, us, you know, winning that game and going to the SEC championship game. So we just told us to stay focused. You know, the emotions was going to be high because of who we were playing, but, you know, keep in mind the, the bigger picture we had, you know, focused on. I hate to end on a sour note, but we will talk about the SEC championship game for a second. Because you obviously had the play that a lot of state fans still remember from that game, the long the punt return that, that gave, you, gave, gave you guys the lead there in the fourth quarter. When you crossed right. the end zone, was there that moment of, we're, win- we're about to win the SEC? That was exactly my thought. Yeah. It was because uh, <clears throat> our defense had been playing, you know, top-notch defense the whole game. We were holding them to uh, – not getting as many yards of the other points that they were used to. Our defense played really well their game. And it being that fourth quarter with nine minutes to go, yeah, I really thought like we had all we had to do was continue to play defense like we did, mm-hmm. you know, for the first three, three and a half quarters and I thought we was gonna be a CC champ. They can't find you now. If you if you got anything to say about the officiating in that game, now's the time. <laughs> uh that's that's very fair that's very fair when you look back at this season you know and and from start to finish everything you guys went to to win the SEC West and and, and win the games that you won is there one memory above all others that you take from it uh personally for me uh that part return was one of my biggest moments yeah. like 
it was uh it was it was exciting and you know awesome at the same time because I like I said I thought you know we was we was about to be SEC champ but overall you know that was a good year for us you know nobody expected us to be in that position to even you know be in the championship game for us to to be there and you know holding the number one team and almost shocking the world you know that that was I guess that'll be the memory that I take from that season. It was an unbelievable season, no question about it, and a lot of fun memories, which we're, we're enjoying talking about with you and Tim and, and on this podcast. Kevin Prentice, man. KP, great to talk to you. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, thanks to Kevin. We appreciate his time. And, you know, I, I imagine any quarterback change is difficult. And a lot of times it, it can go the wrong way on you. So, you know, kudos to this team and the leadership for being able to say, hey, you know, and, and, and one thing we know for sure, and we know this from not only from this season, we know it from the next season, and we know it just from talking to him, that Matt Wyatt was the type of guy and the type of leader yeah. that could take this and still say, I'm here for my team and I'll do whatever I can to win. A hundred percent. I was thinking about that as we talked about it, as Kevin talked about it, and as you talked about it then, uh, Matt Wyatt was gonna make it work. I mean, yeah. he, he was gonna celebrate Wayne Madkin's successes. He just was. There's no quitting Matt White. No, there, there's no quit. He wants to win, and he's not the guy that's gonna. I mean, there are plenty of guys. Yeah. That would have stirred up a stink in oh, that yeah. locker room. Would have left. Yeah. I mean, look at look. different world now. Different but, world now. There, Matt, a, a guy like Matt Wyatt uh, wouldn't can't really it doesn't really exist anymore. You know, nowadays a quarterback loses his job, he's in the portal. Yeah. Simple as that. This guy stuck around, and not only did he stick around, he became he became an even bigger MSU legend as a result of it. It's mm-hmm. crazy how that works sometimes. But this team puts together a nice little three-game winning streak. They beat Carolina. The Auburn game, as I recall, was one of the weirdest games. They, they scored 38 points. I want to say they had 21 points off of special teams and turnovers. I mean, they did, Auburn just didn't have anything that day. It was, it was really something to behold. And then they beat East Tennessee State. I don't remember anything about that game whatsoever. So. <laughs> it must have really not been notable. I mean, you was, you remember like I have the no colors memory. of people's to be honest with you. I might have, I might have been game. I might have just worked that game. Yeah. <laughs> just been like I don't need to go. It's it's fine. But I did go the next week down to Baton Rouge, and I remember going down there pretty confident because you know State at this point is five and one, and you know LSU is not. They are not good. This is a. I guess this is Donardo's. He's he's coming up on the end of his tenure at Mississippi or at LSU, and you're thinking, okay, got this one in the bag. And I, I didn't ask Kevin about it, and I should have. But Wayne Madkin threw a, a good ball deep to him, and they just didn't connect early in the game. And from there, LSU completely took over and won 41 to six. It's such an uh, an outlier game because it's. I mean, you look outside outside of the Cotton Bowl, State was pretty. You know pretty close in its losses that year, especially in the conference, and that was not a good LSU team. And they went 4-7 and seven that year. Let me look at their record here. They went 4-7. and seven. I mean, they just weren't that good. Uh, after that game, they didn't win again. They lost to Ole Miss, Alabama, Notre Dame, and, and they got blown out by Arkansas at the end of the year. So that, that happens. And then you go up to Kentucky the next week, and you think, okay, they're going to turn it around and, and, and it'll be all right. Kentucky, coached by... Powell Mummy, offensive coordinator, Mike, Mike Leach. Leach. Kim Couch is the quarterback. 
And it's such an interesting game. You lose 37-35. And, of course, Brian Hazelwood missed a couple of key kicks in that game. I want to say he missed an extra point and a field goal in that game. And, you know, Hazelwood, you know, who, we, as we know, we're getting to, yeah. has maybe the biggest clutch kick or one of them in Mississippi State history. But that day, he was just a little bit off. Now you're sitting at 5-3, and three and you're thinking, all right, well, now they've got Alabama. Arkansas at this time is undefeated under Houston, under first-year head coach Houston Nutt. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, well, it's going to be tough to finish. You know, they might go 6-5, and five or, 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 you know, they probably can beat Ole Miss at the end, but, you know, they might be 7-4 and four and sort of looking on the outside in. And as Kevin said, you know, they, they, they figured things out after the, uh, the Kentucky game. And then they go to the Alabama game. I didn't go to that game, uh, but I remember listening to Jack Crystal on the radio, and J.J. Johnson that day was just a monster. Unstoppable. Unstoppable in that game. And uh, maybe, I mean, you look at the score, and you think it's, it was only 26-14, to 14, but that is, as the cliche goes, the, 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 the score is not indicative of what the game was. Yeah. State dominated that game from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and then they go to the Arkansas game, which, you know, if you're any any ranking of biggest games in MSU history, that's got to be in the top five, right? Mm-hmm. I think we both agree. We I think we've had this schedule. Number one is 2014 Auburn. Number two is 1980 Alabama. This has a very good case to be third. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there might be another one here or there, but you can make a very legitimate case that this is the third biggest game in Mississippi State history. Uh, and, of course, we all know how it played out. Let's talk to somebody else who was there and can tell us a lot more about how it played out. We'll go back to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline for our second interview today. Former MSU dog safety Tim Nelson joins the show to talk about the 98 season and his memories of this great team. So joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline from the 1998 Mississippi State SEC West Championship team, dog safety Tim Nelson. Before we even get into this team, Tim, how excited are you that MSU's running a defense this year that's going to have a dog safety again? <laughs> hey man, it's good to see it back out there. Uh, you know, just looking at teams from the, you know past couple of years, man, they just haven't been aggressive enough. You know, in my opinion. Yeah. So to you know to see an aggressive style defense get back out there to match an offense that's explosive, uh, it's going to be a good thing to watch. I agree. I agree. So one thing I always think is that you know a, a team that has a frustrating end to a season that sometimes leads to success the, the next year you build off of that you look at the 97 Correct. season the way that ended not getting it to go to go to a bowl game did you feel like that was sort of the spark of what happened in 1998 uh I do think that was a lot of what happened in 98 uh you know we had a lot of stuff that happened too also you know with the pass on the key from the game yeah. the year before. You know, so we had a lot of different motivations going into that year, and I think we just wanted to win. It wasn't that we didn't have the talent. You know, it was just a matter of putting it all together. Uh, the guys came together. We had one goal, and we went out and executed. You know, we had a few lumps along the way, but we overcame them and were able to, uh, you know, get to the SEC championship. Did you know, you know, how early in the season did you look around and realize, man, this defense is going to be really, really good? Uh, I think... Probably around, I would say, Kentucky game. Okay. Yeah, uh, Kentucky game, you know, it was weird, but we knew we, you know, we lost, I think we lost to LSU. We lost to, uh, I think we lost to Kentucky that year. Yeah. I think we lost about, what, two points? Two. One yeah. point, something like that? Yeah. It wasn't big. Yeah, so, you know, it wasn't that, you know, we couldn't execute, it was just finding that, putting it all together at the same time. 
you know, we started off 3-0, and then we go to LSU and get our butts whooped. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, okay, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board. But, we, you know, we, you know, we still had the talent there and it was just a matter of putting it together. And once you got JJ going, I mean, that was just a, that was a different beast in itself, just stopping him. I always felt like you and Ashley Cooper had a partnership out there playing that, that dog safety position. Am I right about that? How, how did you two guys play together? Uh, we played good together. You know, uh, we spent a lot of time off the court. I mean, well, not off the court, but, you know, off the field together. Uh, we were roommates. Uh, when we go to the hotel, you know, the nights before the games, uh, really the, the whole secondary unit hung out as a group, you know, away from football. So, you know, we all kind of knew what we wanted to do. We had an attitude. We all had a little swag. Everybody had their own different style, but we made it work. When I think about this team and one of the players on it, I feel like Ed Smith sometimes gets lost in the shuffle of great MSU yeah. d- defensive players. I mean, people talk yeah. about all the different guys. And Ed Smith, because maybe just because he was just really great in 1998, he didn't have the long career. I don't know what it is, but he was really good that year. What kind of player was he on the practice field, and what did he bring to the games? <laughs> uh, he was just, you know, Ed was one of those guys who worked hard. He was an undersized player like myself. Yeah. So, you know, he played with a, a attitude. And if you told Ed he couldn't do something, he was going to go out there and show you that he could. You know, he moved around a few times, but he found a home. And, you know, once he got comfortable in his position and knew his assignments, you know, the rest was just going out and execute. I don't know that there's an assistant coach in college football in the past, you know, 20 years that has sort of the reputation that Jolie Dunn does, that, that people, you know, talk about him. In, in terms of what he brought and how unique he was, what was it like right. playing for Jolie Dunn? And, and what's something if you've got a good story about him? Let's hear it. <laughs> well, let me say, you know, playing for Jolie Dunn is you, if you don't know your assignments, you probably will forget what your real name is. You know, the first couple of weeks being around him, because he won't call you by that. But uh, Jolie Dunn was uh, he's a very intense guy. Uh, he wasn't too complicated. He was very simple to the point. If you can do it or you can't, uh, he allowed you to compete for positions, and he put the best guys on the field regardless of the politics. And I think that's what I like more about him. Uh, you know, he didn't play favorites. You know, you, you can do the job or you can't. What, what it did wasn't he personal? What did he call you if he if he didn't know your if you didn't know the name? Oh, I'm not sure if I can really say it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we are a family show, Tim. Let's let's try to keep it there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I can say that on the <laughs> you, you mentioned that LSU game, and when you think about that, that's that's an odd game because that was not a great LSU team, and that was a, right. a, a really bad loss. What do you remember about that game? Because from that point on, like I said, you lose that game, you lose Kentucky, but then you turned it around from there. What happened at LSU? I think LSU was a wake-up call for us. It was more we beat ourselves up mentally just dwelling on the games that we had previously with LSU mm-hmm. and just trying to get over that hump of just winning that first game. There's a lot of pressure going down there and playing them at home. Mm-hmm. In that environment, if you're not mentally prepared to go into it, it's going to be a long night. When when you think about you know like I said you, you lose that game you lose to Kentucky but then the next week you come back against Alabama and you really handled them I mean that you, you beat them up pretty badly and that leads right. to that Arkansas game that sets up the the sort of the penultimate game of the season you win this game right. and you're going to be able to play for the SEC championship what were the emotions uh-huh. before that game and then after once you, once you had the win in hand uh, before the game uh, me personally we weren't really nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. We knew we could execute and beat them. As far as what we were saying on tape, but we could have kept the quarterback in, in check, we were going to be all right. And if everybody did their job, you know, defensively, we were going to be able to take care of our job assignments. Um, after winning that game, <laughs> the way that we won it, uh, it was kind of like we're, we're almost there. Yeah. It was a good feeling. You know, we've gone through two days, all the things that we've gone through over the past years, people just, you know, looking at us on paper, we're not supposed to be here. And I think that would have motivated a lot of us because we weren't the four or five stars coming out of high school and playing. So, you know, to be able to reach those type of feats in the SEC, Without all the hoopla, without all the hype behind you, you know, it was a big accomplishment for a lot of the guys. You scored the last touchdown of the regular season in, in 1998. You scored on a, on a pick six there in the Egg Bowl. When you think about, well, you know, the, the Egg Bowl before that, 97, where they score at the end, to go up to Oxford to really, you know, really handle them in front of their home crowd and just dominate them defensively. How, how good did it feel to take the Golden Egg Trophy off the field in Oxford that day? <laughs> well, man, you know that's a that's an evil laugh, Tim. That was an evil <laughs> laugh. It, it, well, my first my, my first introduction to Oxford in '96. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a weird environment. I had I didn't understand the rivalry because I was from Georgia, mm-hmm. so I didn't understand the, the dislike between the two teams. So after that first game, and you know, the, some of the experiences we had with the fans going into the stadium, you know, some of the exchanges to go from that to I think we won that year. Yeah. And then to, you know, to come back and try to finish your career and actually for me to be able to do it, you know, my senior year, well, not senior year, my junior year, going into my senior year, you know, it was just kind of, it was fun, man. You know, that's what we work hard for, opportunity. And I got a good opportunity. I made a play and, you know, six points followed. Yeah, the rest is history. If, if, yeah. if, if that's if that's not it, what, what's the memory you take from this season? What's when I say the nineteen ninety eight season? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, I would say the brotherhood. I don't think he really had too many superstars. Even the superstars were normal guys. You know, JJ. You know, to everybody else, he was a you know this great running back, which he was. And I'm not taking anything from him, but off the court, I mean, off the field, you know, he was a normal guy. You know, he didn't hold himself above anybody. Everybody kind of hung out with each other, blacks, whites. You know, it really didn't matter where you came from. You know, so I just think, you know, the unity and the brotherhood that we shared got us to that point because we believe when nobody else believes. That, and that always makes it a, a great season. when you when it's, it's one thing to win, but to win against the odds is always a, a lot more fun, I would think. Tim well, Nelson, man, right. I appreciate your time, man. A lot of fun reliving this with you, and uh, thanks no for talking with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, thanks to Tim. Appreciate his time. A lot of good stuff there. Love hearing about Joe Lee Dunn. Any any chance I get <laughs> to hear about JLD, I, w- I want to hear about him. Um, that Arkansas game, I always wonder about that game in terms of, you know, the week before that, Arkansas loses to Tennessee, the crazy play where Clint Sterner fumbles and he like puts the ball down to try to balance himself and yeah. he loses it. And like how different, you know, because I think Arkansas would have clinched the SEC there or clinched the West, I mean. And instead, they came to Starkville and they, they had been rocked a little bit. Their confidence was down a little bit. And then, you know, State loses. J- I don't think people understand how how much J.J. Johnson meant sometimes. You know, the, the back in the, I mean, Wayne Mackin was a good quarterback and he, he, did, he did good things. But that offense ran through J.J. Johnson, and you just don't see that as much anymore these no. days. You're certainly not going to see it from Mississippi State anytime soon in terms of what a running back means to an offense. 
Uh, and when I remember being in the stadium when he got hurt, and you're you're just like, well, they're screwed. <laughs> that's the that's the end of the game. Yeah. But they kept fighting and they kept fighting. And that last drive is such a thing of beauty. I mean, you yeah. convert a fourth and eighteen. I'm just trying to think of like a, a a current day example of it was when Nick got hurt early in that Egg Bowl. Yeah, back. but that's the quarterback. I mean, yeah. I, I would say that's that's true. Just about of for any, any quarterback, quarterback. I, I mean, guess so. Yeah. Most time you would think a running back, you can just absorb the blow and go to the next guy. And and like Kevin said earlier, Chris Rainey came into that game and did a, did yeoman's work. Desenzo Miller gave them some things, but. And J.J. Johnson was the guy. Yep. But they, they persevered through that. Like I said, they had that, that ridiculous drive at the end of the game where they make a couple of big third and long, fourth and long plays to set up Hazelwood for a, a field goal that will be debated until the end of time. <laughs> I, I mean, I think my theory on it is this. He kicked it so high. I mean, I, I'm not sure that God didn't get a finger on it. He kicked it that high in the air, <laughs> but it just it sailed so high that you could. But from where I sat, as I recall it today, the, I thought it was good, and I was sitting maybe on like the 35, 40 in the old student section. Yeah. So, and it set off an incredible celebration. That was, you know, it was I think I guess the second time that I had been on the field. You know, I, w- I was there from '96 for the Alabama game. Uh, after that, but I. And I don't think people realize a lot of times that State did not clinch the West in that game. They had to win the next week at yeah. Ole Miss. If they had lost and, and Arkansas would win, and they did and eventually win, Arkansas did, Arkansas would have gone to the SEC Championship. So the Egg Bowl you know, for, was for the West title. And I'll tell you my memories of it, and that's you know, Romero Miller had gotten hurt the week before uh, against, I think it was Georgia. And so they were going to start a guy named David Morris. And I was convinced that he was about to write his name into Egg Bowl lore as the, the, the walk-on that nobody wanted throws for 400 yards and keeps MSU. I was just I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And you go up there, and early in the game, Ole Miss was, had some success. They, they gave the ball to Deuce, which was always a smart. McAllister in these two ga- the, those three games he played in, you know, 97, I don't think he did that much. But 98, 99, 2000, is, is, that might be the best stretch of any Ole Miss player in Egg Bowl history. You know, If I you said pick a state player for three games, I'd probably go with Chris Rolfe. But Ole Miss, Deuce McAllister, 98, he carried the ball 40 times in this game. Yeah, They just kept giving him the ball, and State early on could not stop him. Uh, but they also couldn't score. They, they only kicked a couple field goals. State you know, kept it sort of back and forth. It was 14-6 in the third quarter. When and I can remember this play very vividly because they, they they were driving towards the MSU fans in the Ole Miss end zone, and they threw a little screen pass at Desenzo Miller, and you know Desenzo Miller, one of the best open field runners. Oh yeah, in MSU history, getting through the line. I mean, he's good, but in the open field, making people miss, maybe the best, maybe the best MSU's ever had. And this was an example of it. And he weaved his way through the uh, the the. Uh, the Ole Miss defenders and scores to make it 21-6 and sort of broke the game open. He had something to say to the Ole Miss uh, people, which I can't repeat on this show. The uh, the YouTube video is available. You can if you listen clearly, you I can mean, hear it's, what he says. It's he's from Choctaw County, friendly guy. I'm sure he was just saying hello. He, he, it was a form of hello. It was a form of it. Uh, just wanted to make sure that you in Choctaw County. We, we I've him. always heard that Desenzo Miller. I don't know the tr- I don't know the truth, and if Desenzo ever wants to come on and correct me, he's welcome to. But that he did not have much uh, love for the University of Mississippi. <laughs> that his that he and, and specifically Tommy Tuberville. 
Well, he he would not be the first bulldog. No, you're right about that. He's, Something he's to talk about, by the way. U.S. Senate candidate Tommy Tuberville, the head coach. This is his last game. Last game at Ole Miss. I, Only I, leaving in a pine box, huh? Well, yeah, that pine box was orange and blue. <laughs> Funny story, by the way. We got a text the other day on the text line talking about Tommy Turbiller. Like, he's going to win that seat because Americans are tired of moral decay. And I just wanted to go, hold on. Tommy Tuberville's leading the campaign against moral decay? Tommy Tuberville. That guy, what's the quote from Wall Street? Not only would he sell his own mother to close the deal, he'd send her COD. <laughs> Tommy Tuberville is leading the campaign. Against moral decay. <laughs> In other news, I'm leading a campaign against obesity. And Joel Coleman doesn't want you to watch as much baseball. Stop watching baseball, Joel Coleman says so. As he watches baseball. As he's watching baseball. <laughs> Tommy Tuberville's leading a campaign against moral decay. Are you kidding me? If you want to vote for the guy, I don't care. But my God, be honest about yourself. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned with Tim, he scores the final touchdown of the game, makes it 28-6 on the pick six. I mean, it got to the point there where State was – they just – Joe Lee just turned the dogs loose, for lack of a, a better term, and they, they just kept getting to Morris and, and putting pressure on him, and, and they just couldn't do anything offensively, and they completely shut them down. I would pay a lot of money, by the way. Uh, if you watch the, the end of the game, as Cheryl's going out to shake Tuberville's hand, an Ole Miss fan says something to him, and Cheryl has to be restrained from going after him. I would pay money to know what that guy said. And I, and I would pay even more money to go back in time and to unrestrain Coach Cheryl and let him get to that <laughs> Ole Miss fan and hit him with his bare paw hands. There's been a couple of uh, a couple th- little stories and things that I've talked to Coach Cheryl about over the last three four months. Yeah. Next, next time I talk to him, if like, I can remember, I'm going to ask. I remember, like, what, what did he say to you? And then how easily would you have ripped his jaw off of his face <laughs> with your massive hands? Have, have we talked about Jackie oh, yeah. Cheryl's hands on yeah, this? Yeah, I've shaken his hand before. It's it's a paw. I mean, it's like it's a, a whale flipper. It's just <laughs> incredible. You can't. It's like, he, he, it's like two people are shaking your hands at once. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I don't know how he grips a fork. <laughs> Picks a whole steak up. I, I'm thinking of like that. Have you seen the pictures of Andre the Giant with like the beer? Yes, the beer with the beer can. It's, yeah. it's got to be similar to that. <laughs> so, of course, the season doesn't finish the way that you want it to. You know, you're you're eight and three. One thing I always notice about this season, by the way, is opposing fans like to talk about state and they won the West at five and three. They forget that state lost a non-conference game. Now, granted, nowadays nobody's winning the West at six and two, probably, but the fact remains. That state was six and two in the conference and eight and three overall. Uh, they had Tennessee on the ropes and just it just couldn't finish them up. And then of course they, they lose to Texas, which I'm sure gives Tyler Horker a lot of happiness. But Ricky Williams, you're playing Ricky Williams in his final game at the university. You weren't going to win that game. Yeah, it just wasn't going to happen. So, but all in all, I mean, an eight and five season. It's one of those weird things in that you look at the overall record, eight and five. I mean, Moorhead's first year they were eight and five and everybody was mad. The, people were jubilant over this season because you won the SEC West, which to this day, not only are you the only MSU team to do it, you're the only team in the state of Mississippi to do it. Um, and I don't know that it'll ever happen again, to be totally honest with you. You know, maybe when Alabama, when we were talking about this yesterday, but Saban, when he finally decides to knock off, maybe then things can get balanced and you can have a year where you just sort of jump up a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. 
But it set the stage, though, for this season to lead into the next year, which was another great year for Mississippi State, and that we will, and all hopefully, we can get a couple more interviews, and we'll talk about that next week, the 99 season. I bet that's a trivia question that if you just asked the nation, uh-huh. most would get wrong. Who, who are the two SEC West teams to never make it to Atlanta? Well, A&M's the easy one, obviously. But, yeah, most people probably say Mississippi State, not Ole Miss. Yeah. So They'd be wrong. You know, State made it before LSU did, too. I guess I guess I didn't realize LSU, that LSU's first time in Atlanta was 01. So there, there was a time where the only three teams, you know, only five teams in the yeah. West, the only three teams that have made it were State, Auburn, and Alabama. Yeah, LSU made it in 01, uh, and then like we said, Arkansas made it in. I'm sorry, no, Arkansas made it in '95. Uh, so Arkansas had made it. So for the first, what when when the the, the, the first championship nine games. Started. games. 92 was the first one. Okay, so it was just Bama. 90, okay, I can do this. Oh, you can do it? Okay, let's go. 92, 93, 94, 95, and 96 were Alabama. Oh, gosh, just imagine Ni- that. 97 was Auburn. 98 was State. 99 was Alabama. 2000 was Auburn. And then 01 was LSU. Okay. I, I'm sorry, I screwed that up again. 95 was Arkansas. So, so fr- Arkansas made it before. Yeah, 92, 93, 94, Alabama. 95, Arkansas. 96, Alabama. 97, Auburn. State, 98. Alabama, 99. Auburn, 2000. Then LSU in 01. Ole Miss has never made it. One more time. Ole Miss has never made it. And they never will. Who'd you say never made it? Ole Miss. Okay. Never made it. But they are playing in Atlanta next year to start the season off against, I think, Louisville or something. So they have that working for them. All right. Back with you guys on Sunday. Hope you guys enjoyed this deep dive. I enjoyed talking to Kevin Prentice and Tim Nelson. I want to thank them again for their time. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll be back with you on Sunday. With any luck, we might be talking about what MSU's schedule looks like. We hope to find that out. It feels like tomorrow's the or today is the day. It just feels like Friday. I, I kind of thought and was under the impression, actually, earlier in the week that, that we were going to get earlier in the week. And uh, I feel like if we don't know on Friday... It's because uh, maybe there's been some disagreement in the room or something as they try to put this thing together. Uh, but anyway, we'll see if we're we'll right. See what happens, yeah. And uh, hopefully, when we reconvene here on Thunder and Lightning on Sunday, uh-huh. we will have ourselves a schedule. We'll talk about it if we do. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Talk to you again soon. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.